The following is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown show. Loretta decided to take this week off for the holidays and to wish everyone the happiest of New Year. The show we're going to bring to you is with Joe McQuillan and his book entitled We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons Learned from the Other Side. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Good morning. It's chilly, Benny. It's it, chilly. It is. Do you have an extra blanket with you this morning? I do. Look good, at good. I have a little blankie right uh, here. <laughs> I, I guessed it perfectly. True, I have, true Pacific I have, Northwesterners. That's right. I got my bunny slippers on. Right? That's the way you got to nice. be, you know, because my kids gave them to me. And so you have to wear them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. Yeah, I do love it too. Anyway, I hope everybody is uh, feeling good this morning. I have a wonderful guest. I, I'm going to do a little astrology check-in, then I'll bring him in. But um, yeah, yeah. I just kind of feel like I want to do a shout out to families. And, um, you know, remember to keep the love going out there, everybody. Keep it going. Put your arms around each other going into the holiday season. And um, <laughs> one of my clients yesterday, I was talking and she says, People are crazy on the road, road rage. I said, they're just, I don't know, you know, just calm down. Let them have it's their okay. time. They can, they you'll, can handle it. You'll make it. Yeah. You'll make it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for, for years and years and years, 27 years to be exact. And uh, we offer a lot of things over there. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com and schedule anything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. I do have a Reiki masterclass coming up on Saturday. For those of you that have been through Reiki one and two, this will be the third and um, final series in learning Reiki. So it's always a good thing. It's good for everybody. So if you're interested, let me know. On the th uh, third Saturday, which is December 18th, during really so much stuff going on astrologically that I don't know what to say, I'm going to have my monthly class for women the Temple of the Divine Feminine. We are doing it via Zoom, and it will be powerful and potent, especially because we're headed toward, uh, I don't know, bringing 2021 to some sort of a closure and preparing for 2022, which is going to be even bigger, but in a different way. Um, and talking about the end of the year, I have my end of the year uh, uh, special ceremony. It's a despacho, a prayer for the gods where you can join with me, really clear out the energies of the old and intentionally bring in the energies of the new. And that will be on December 28th at 7 p.m. And once again, Zoom call, please sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. Big shout out to my listener supports. Uh, I am a listener supported show. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown show and be part of the part of the group. More stuff coming there next year 2022 and a quick quick astrology checking because i have a lot to talk about with my guest today who apparently is very it touches my heart and i know will touch yours but december skies are very busy we began with a solar eclipse new moon in sagittarius a fiery start to the month and it's the fire of the phoenix rising it's time for something new isn't it what a couple of years we've been having, right? Maybe our whole lives have been that way. But um, it set the stage for the month. 
it's bringing in a much more creative energy and is inviting us to look into our hearts. What is it that you truly value? Because the skies want us to tap into that and share it with the world. What is it that matters to you? And I think we've been going through a lot of adjustments lately of, of looking at things. I was talking to someone the other day, I says, maybe it's time to just throw everything into the middle of the floor and say, hmm, I only need these things right here, like love really needs to be there. These things that we value give us indicators as to what it is that we're really here to do that will bring us meaning and others meaning. Um, you know, when we do what is from our heart, it actually blesses and it's good for everyone else too. So think about those things as the month goes on. We've got Venus um, going retrograde and it does rule love, relationships, money, and the things that we value. We, of course, will have the winter solstice coming up. We got Christmas, we got holiday celebrations, and we have the final of the three Saturn Uranus squares, which is ruled over this year. And uh, that has been all about structure, the way it has to be versus freedom clashing against each other. And we do have to have some sort of order. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so uh, it can't just be chaos all the time. So we've been trying to figure out what that means. And then right at the end of the year, Jupiter enters Pisces, well, where it will remain for most of the year of 2022. This week, a couple of things to put on your calendar. December 11th, Venus allies with Pluto. Venus, the planet that rules the heart and the things of the heart, and Pluto, the great transformation. And it's setting the stage for that Venus retrograde. And we're going to be feeling empowered by heart-led choices. So once again, I keep talking about the heart. And then you might want to mark 1212 on your calendar. The 12th day of the 12th month gives a numerology code of 1212. And this number indicates movement into higher dimensions and can signify change. And 1212 is a great day. You know, if, if you don't have a meditation practice or a quiet practice, it's a great day to tune in and see what kind of messages you can get from the higher realms. So have fun with that astrology, stay grounded. And I'm very delighted to bring my guest on today. My guest is Joe McQuillan. He is an, he's just simply an amazing man. <laughs> well, he's, he's Irish, he's an Irish Catholic. Sorry, everybody, just keep tuning in, keep listening. You're gonna hear good stuff. He's married, he's the father of three children, one of them on the other side. He is the youngest of 10 children and although he's had two successful careers, he is at heart a blue collar kid from Buffalo, New York. A proud member of AA many years sober, Joe says that it helped him get closer to God and carry him through the dark times after his boys crossing. And three years ago, on December 6, 2018, Joe was on my show for the first time. We talked about his book, my search for Christopher on the other side, and I'm so happy to welcome him again with his newest book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. So, Joe, welcome to the show, and I also have to welcome Christopher to the show because he's brushing the back of my hair. Yeah. Thanks, Loretta. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he's with you. I feel him around my neck also. So there's, okay. those, are, those are the indications that he's, he's in, in the house, you know, yeah. and he's around. Yeah. 
It's such a it's such a, a joy to have you on the show. It, it truly is. Um, for those people that are just uh, tuning in and and who possibly don't know you, if sure. and, and I know you tell this story a lot, but could you please Absolutely. tell us what happened? You know, I, I don't think without telling the story um, that you'd be able to grasp either one of the books. So, uh, and once again, being Irish means I don't know how to tell a short story, but I'm going to do my best. You know, I, uh, it, this all started, uh, you know, in, in uh, January 3rd, 2016, Christopher was home from college. He was 21. My, my oldest of uh, three kids and, uh, and I, I adored my boy. And uh, he was pretty like his mom, and he was a little wild like his old man, and and we really connected. So he, uh, you know, the last weekend before they were all going back to school, they decided to spend uh, a day and, and a night at a friend's lake house up in Lake Beulah, Wisconsin, which is about an hour and a half north of the North Shore of Chicago, straight up west on a little little lake. There's a myriad of little lakes up there, and there were a dozen of them. And they decided to, you know, go to a local pub, shoot some pool, uh, kick up their heels, drink a little bit, take the party back to uh, uh, the, the lake house. And at three o'clock in the morning, Chris and, and three of his friends you know, walked outside, saw a lake, uh, a boathouse, opened it up, saw a three-man canoe. All four of them jumped in with, you know, uh, layered clothing, uh, uh unlaced Timberland boots, uh, snoot full of alcohol and paddled out on a partially frozen lake. It was, it was a perfect storm and none of them made it back. Um, I, I got a, we were, I was waiting to watch a bills game, a Buffalo bills game with Chris, uh, on Sunday and, uh, with his little brother, Will. And I got a call or I got a text from the young man whose parents owned the, the lake house said, Mr. McHugh, Chris and three friends are missing. So I grabbed my dog, jumped in my Jeep, headed up North, and fully expecting to find him in in at a at a at a boathouse with a co-ed or sleeping on somebody's couch up there that they just met or whatever. I didn't expect the message that I the call that I got next, which was uh, from an uncle who lived a couple doors away from the kid who owned the house, and said, "You know, uh, it's no longer a search but a recovery that all four drowned." You know, I was, you know, completely, I would say, in shock. You know, I finished the drive. I to this moment, Lord, I'm walking in, and <clears throat> and excuse me if I get a little emotional, but I walk in that house and I see the picture window, and out the window was the lake with the the rescue boats and the lights and the and the flashing, uh, you know, police boats, and and it just you know breaks my heart all over again. It's not that it ever leaves, but uh, you know, it, I, I, it, at that point, you know, it, it occurred to me that my dad was on the other side. Now I knew that as 16 years before it was a, a Nancy Myers was a, a medium that I, I just saw on a whim or whatever. And, and most of the reading was kind of mundane until we got to the very end. And she said, your father's here and he's, and he's holding a caboose and telling you railroad. Now, if you look over my shoulder, there's a railroad lantern on that dresser or on that bookcase. My dad spent 40 years, raised 10 kids on, a, on the railroad salary um, had the most seniority between Buffalo, New York and Syracuse, um, union guy, all five of the boys from the family worked on the railroad in college. I stayed on after and worked as a brakeman. So we were you know, a railroad family. So when he said that, 
you know, it wasn't any magical, uh, you know, answers to the universe or he didn't give me the, the numbers to the lottery, but he, but I did accept one thing that, okay, my dad's somewhere and he can communicate with me. So 16 years later, I pull this out of my emotional, emotional uh, file cabinet and think, wait a minute, if my old man's somewhere and Christopher just left, he's got to be with him. And that's what started my search. Loretta. That's when I started. I wasn't ready to face the world without Chris. But you got to understand, I'm a practical guy. Take a look at me. I got a brush cut, broken nose. I don't look like the kind of guy that would light sage and have a crystal in my hand. And I do all of that, right? And, and align my chakras. I do all of that because I want the edge. And I was a car dealer, you know, so I'm not a naive guy. So I figured I'm going to try to figure this out. And if it's not real, if it's just hokey BS, let's cross it off the list, right? And that started the journey. The journey was with mediums, spirit groups, everybody who spoke about the metaphysical. I wanted to know. I wanted to read about it. I wanted to digest it. I wanted to figure out how to connect. And, and dang, if I didn't. I'm, that is an amazing story, and I'm crying too. So for <laughs> those people that are on the YouTube, you can see us mopping our eyes, and yeah. and and it's it's a it's a big story. Yeah, it's a big story. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I um, I love you saying the word crystal and chakra because it's it. it's it's shocking coming out of your mouth, and it's delightful. It. It's like I know it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people say to me, kind of guys, guys, buddies, that if it didn't come from you, I wouldn't believe it. But since you said it, I buy it, you know, and that's important, you know, yeah. you, you know, and that's why Chris wants me to spread this word because he tells me I'm a good ambassador because I don't look like the type and that'll allow other people that don't look like or feel like the type to embrace the metaphysical, to embrace the grief to embrace the hope that maybe there's a connection and not only can they connect with them here, but they'll be together again on the other side. And so that's kind of the path that I'm, I'm on. It wasn't, I didn't chose it. It wasn't my idea. You know, it was, it was something my son wanted me to do. So I just follow the breadcrumbs, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I really mean it. It's a big deal. Um, you know, I've been in my edgy life my whole life, right? You know, this this, this way I was born, right? And um, it, even for me, you know, at times it's been difficult to just, you know, say, hey, this is really what's going on. But I do agree that coming from you, it's got an extra potency in it. I think it also opens the doorway to those that have had such a hard time. Um, and like you say, you know, guys, you know, right, right. men. You know, they don't sit around going, hey, how are you feeling about something? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? You know yeah. what? But I, I've also, fortunately enough, surround myself with guys that do that. And they're guys, guys, guys that play in the NFL, guys that run funds, guys that own companies, guys that, you know, work in the trades. I mean, guys, guys, you know? And yet the sensitivity part is there because they're men enough that they don't have to hide that sensitive side, you know, and they know, they know when, <clears throat> when I get quiet, what it's about, you know, and they respect that. And, and I know them support it. You know, the, the, somebody asked me early on, what do you say to somebody that just doesn't buy it? You know, this woman was doing a radio broadcast from Dallas and, and I said, tell them to change the channel. 
you know what you know if this isn't for you god bless you move on right this is for somebody who's lost somebody and is so afraid that the, that it's over the connection's over the love is over the, the the reunion's over all of it and it's not you know susan geesman the brilliant author titled the book still right here you know i i signed a book and sent it out to my editor today and for a friend of hers who lost a son and I put that your son is still right here. So I'm not afraid to steal her quote, you know, and uh, she'll get over it. And, uh, and, and that's what these f families got to know that their children, not even family, their spouse, my best friend in the world lost his wife, you know, of, you know, going on geez now 15 years, but, um, and, and he, 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 he found spirituality through that adversity. After trying all the other aspects of it, by the way, that, you know, other, other aspects of hiding and your feelings didn't work. And he embraced that. And he and I understand, you know, what grief really is, what grief feels like. You know, um, you're saying something there because the, the loss of a child is, it's un, it's unmentionable. Like right. people, people don't know how to deal with it, but we're, we're really talking about grief. So many people lose you know, a deeply loved one. Right. And um, this is what I call almost the forbidden subject. You sure know. it is. This and suicide, right? Both of them yes, are, you know, you can, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. and I wrote about suicide in the first book and I felt, you know, um, you know, we're clannish people, as you know, you know, I felt like I was betraying family secrets and I'm sure there are members of the family that aren't pleased that I did that. But I needed to get that message out. Chris didn't take his life. I had members of my family that did. But there's a there's another level of 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 grief, and there's another level of shame and blame that's unearned that comes from parents who've lost kids through suicide because they think they could have done something better, different. They could have made a change. You know, so my heart is broken. So I wrote, you know, my oldest or my older brother Bobby took his life in the 70s. And and, and and the, the priest, and the name of the, the title of the, of the chapter is God called him home early. And, and back then, the Catholic Church was a little stringent about burying people if they've taken their lives and hallowed ground. And this priest just said, you know, God called him home early. And, and, and I thought that was just such a loving way to, 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 to describe what happened to my brother Bobby. You know, so, um, you know, so, so with those families that don't want to talk about that, you know, talk about it. And, and the friends that don't know what to say, say something, you know, now don't say something like, I know what you're going through. I lost a cat, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I mean? you know, my great aunt, you know, passed away, you know, but, but people, we just want to know that, that, that you acknowledge that they were there, you know, and that's important to parents who've lost kids, you know, uh, don't look away. Don't, you know, change direction. I, we've had that happen. And our friends are amazing. But there's people who've, especially Sally, you know, felt that. Me, I, I'm from 10 kids. We, we moved to the suburbs when I was like six. 10 kids, dogs, spontaneous football games in front yards, <laughs> parties, bicycles. The neighbors hated us. So I grew up really not caring what anybody else thought. And I've kind of carried that through today. You know, if this isn't for you, if you think I left the reservation, God bless you. I don't care. But if you lost somebody, specifically a child, you're who I want to talk to. You're who I want to connect with. You're who Christopher wants me to give some hope to. You know, 
I've got this amazing gift of connecting with my son, which I still do um, at least twice a month, right? Where he, we actually connect and I, and give, he gives me downloads and I dictate, write it down. And that's in both books and it'll continue in the third. And, and, you know, I've got this amazing gift, but I've got to give it away to keep it right. If I hoard this, like it's my private stash, God knows if it's, you know, you know, continues. Christopher understands Christopher's put me on a path. And as long as I follow that direction with an open heart, you know, with a clean heart, I think he and I are going to stay connected until he greets me when I make the, when I make that big step across, you know? Yeah. You're, you're saying so many things in there. I, I want to, um, you know, the, the, the shame blame game, right. Yeah. And, and also, um, the, cause I'm thinking of a couple of things cause I've got some clients who have lost kids and yeah. in just freakish accidents, you know, freakish. And a lot of times people will, um, you know, they blame themselves. Maybe I could have done this. Maybe I could have done that. There should have been this. There was an indicator, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then the other thing that I, I want to get to is a lot of people have some idea that you should be done grieving. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, whoever said time heals all wounds, never lost a kid. Now there's a wonderful movie called Manchester by the sea where a woman lost three kids in a fire. I think it was three. It was horrible. And Later on, she was talking and said, my heart was broken. It'll always be broken. See, that's what it is. Now, I've got a pretty full life. I've got a lovely career. My, my, my daughter, Caroline, my middle child, 25, was teaching. And through all the COVID nonsense, joined me in the mortgage business. So I see her every day. You know, my, my 22-year-old is at Boulder, you know, um, you know, going to school. He's got a, a, a nice life. My wife's a therapist, wonderful, brilliant, um, a lot smarter than I am and better looking, you know, and, um, <laughs> and, and she's got a, you know, she's got a, a full uh, stable of clients. You know, she just became, she's a therapist. She just became certified in grief counseling as well. I mean, who knows better than a mom who lost a kid. So she's amazing. I have this, I have a great group of friends. I love to golf, you know, too old for hockey, but, but I have a wonderful life but I go through life with a piece of my heart broken and, and you just got to know that. And as long as you know that you're okay. Right. Loretta, right. as long as you're not anticipating to wake up, like one day, everything's fine, you know? And a lot of times I wake up, everything's fine. And then I remember, you know, ah, oh, dang, you know, Chris isn't here. When I'm meaning here, here on this side, you know, cause with all this metaphysical knowledge, right. With all this knowledge I have, you know, I would much rather be abysmally ignorant and know nothing and watch Thursday night football with a pizza with my boy tonight, you know, but, but that's not in the cards. You know, what's in the cards is whether through uh, exit points or soul contracts, Christopher left this side 2016 and I can't unring that bell, but what am I going to do about it? I either can forget that he was ever here or I can find out how to connect with them. And that's what I've done. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, like I said, this is really powerful. You're absolutely right. Um, a piece of your heart is, well, you're broken, yeah. but you, you're learning how to navigate it. It's like, this is different now. Right. 
And you know, we get yeah. you get curveballs. Christmas is a curveball. The holiday is a curveball. Hell, mm -hmm. I was unloading groceries last night, and I remember yelling at him when he got into an accident coming home from Vermont. You know, in 2015 or 14, and yelling at him. And I just started crying, thinking, you know, you SOB, wouldn't you love to <clears throat> have that day back? But you don't, you know? So I know that Christopher has made peace with the fact that I yelled at him for smashing up the Jeep, you know? Um, and most of the time I have too, you know? But that guilt, that shame, there's, you know, it's useless. You know what? I've had medium say, write it down and, and burn it or write it down and send it up with a Chinese lantern. You know, all of those regrets, you know, because they're not going to help. They're not going to change. Nothing's going to change what happened. It's there. It's in the cards. You know, people say that's not fair. And then I tell people, you know what fair is? Fair is where you go to ride the merry-go-round and eat cotton candy. Fair doesn't fit into it, right? This is what happened. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. People say to me all the time, but it's not fair. And I'm with you. It's it's yeah. not fair. You're right. You're right. Just, You're just... right. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Get over it. And, and, and now what? Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a little station break. Okay. This is a good point to do it. Um, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today, of course, is Joe McQuillan. We're not done yet, Pop. <laughs> My lessons from the other side. And, and I do have to, this is Christopher. Yeah. The last time you're on, on my show, he woke me up and, and, and said, Hey, where's my picture? So <laughs> I'm making sure <laughs> that I get his beautiful face and there's, there's Joe, right. And, and get, get you both on there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. he said, thank you. Yes. And yeah. we're going to take a little station break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Energy is powerful. It's all around us. Mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. The following is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown show. Loretta decided to take this week off for the holidays and to wish everyone the happiest of New Year. The show we're going to bring to you is with Joe McQuillan and his book entitled, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons Learned from the Other Side. Thank you, Benny. You always choose the best music. 
Anyway, yeah, thanks. Anyway, welcome back to uh, the original Loretta Brown show. And I am Loretta Brown. Find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com or the KKNW 1150 uh, archives. All the shows are archived and uh, you can download them and listen to them all day long. My guest today, Joe McQuillan. We're not done yet, Pop. My lessons from the other side. And we're talking about his, his beautiful son, Christopher, yeah. Yeah. on the other side. Yeah. My favorite subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. I also, for the people that can see, I have this beautiful printout of all these pictures. Uh, and it's one of the things I love about your book, by the way, you have a lot of pictures in there. Right. But um, I, I'm doing this for Christopher. Right. <laughs> I'm right. Showing, the, showing the family pictures. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, it's it is. Important. Yeah. So um, what happens when someone pa passes, Joe? What happens? Is there a door, a tunnel? What you happens? know, it's interesting. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to read you something that is in the second book that Chris said to me. And he came to me on 10, 16, 18. And we do it at the same time, 3 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I miss you too, Dad. We will share this place, this incredible place. It will be like crossing a shallow stream. You have to cross it yourself. But I'm right on the other side. So it's just natural to walk across to me. And then you're in. You'll be on the other side, you and me. How's that for awesome? But not today. Today is for writing books and presentation. Carry the word, Pop. We are all behind you. So, what you know, these are the things that tell me, that remind me that none of this came from me. I never had the imagination of knowing that crossing over, and he described it as crossing a shallow stream. I mean, I picture it in my mind. And that he can't help me cross over. I've got to make that step voluntarily, but then he's there, you know? So that's what he tells me. He, I'll tell you another thing. He told me his beloved godmother, and I, I'm writing about her. She had written about her in the second book and I'm writing more in the third was my, my sister, Marcia, who I adored was a real source of love for me, real source of, you know, these big Irish families, you know, there's not a lot of time for it, but she found time. Um, and she loved me during a period of time when I wasn't so lovable, right? I, I didn't love myself, but she did. And she felt the same way about my boy. That was her godson. She adored Chris. And Chris, you know, growing up, didn't trust a lot of adults. He trusted me, you know, and a handful of adults, but he trusted his sister, his, his, his aunt Marsha. So, and, and she crossed, she crossed over February 6, 2019. So I was there the week before she transitioned. And we were spent a lot of time talking. And she said, you know, honey, she said, I read your book. You gave me the greatest gift. I read your book and I'm not afraid to die. Now this from somebody who gave me so much love. It was so grateful that something that impactful. January 9th, 2020, I went and saw a medium called Jill Nicole out in the Western suburbs. And she said, you know, Christopher is here. And she said, but also there's a woman here who's got very pretty, but she has glasses, round glasses, which was what Marsha looked like when she was teaching high school in the 70s, you know. And, and she said, just tell you, honey, thanks for the greatest gift. You know, so, I mean, that's when, you know, those validations, just saying, okay, Marsha's in my life. Now, Christopher said to me about his Aunt Marsha, when we knew she was going, she fought valiantly for four years and then just said, I'm done. She was strong, wonderful, loving, compassionate. And she said, I'm done. 
you know, here's what, and she organized her own funeral or reception for a funeral. All the, she did all, she was the most capable person I know. And, and Chris said, dad, don't worry about when Marsha crosses, I promise you I'll be there. And after she transitioned, Chris came to me and said, look, when Marsha crossed, we were all there, Jerry, Billy, Bobby, Pat, we were all there. He said, but then she had to go somewhere like a spa. And when she came back, she was younger than when I remember her as a kid. So it dawned on me, you know, sometimes you write this down at three o'clock in the morning, then you got to figure it out. So it dawned on me, what he was saying is that the cancer stayed with her body on this side, but the trauma went with, you know, her spirit when it crossed. So they had to deal, She, although she met with the soul family, she then had to go somewhere. What a soft, gentle, loving way to, like a spa. What woman doesn't like to go to a spa, right? <laughs> like a spa. And then she came, and then at the spa, she shed the trauma and rejoined the soul family. So Marsha has come through with a number of media meetings with Christopher. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. I was at her house. I finished, the book made sense and came together. I, I was in Florida for a good part of February and March. And it was her house. And, uh, and her two kids own it and they're loving kids and I adore them. And so I, I sp I'm spending two months there this year. And the kids come down for a week at the time separately. And Sally and I meet at Siesta Key separately at another week. And, and you know, I had this, I had this folder full of data and a, and a bunch of stories and notes. And, but I wasn't sure where I was going with it. And I was so afraid to put something out that wasn't as good as the first book that would tarnish the memory. Mm. And, and yet I was committed to doing a book. People are always asking about book. And I got to Florida. It all came together. You know, it all just flowed, uh, you know, there. And I, I was there writing and, and working and, and doing and playing a little golf for a lot of golf. She lives on a golf course. She did. And uh, and I got on a phone call with a medium friend, Sherry Jewell, who's just a pal. We were just calling to talk. And, and, and she said, let's see if Christopher's around. She goes, Christopher, Christopher. She goes, he's not here. She said, which is very surprising because Chris comes through her all the time. But she said, your sister's here. Are you at her house? I said, yeah, I am. And she said, wow, that's amazing. Did you put flowers at her grave on her anniversary? I said, yeah, I did. Sally, Caroline was in town. And we went and did that. And, and she was, okay. She said to tell you that her house is your house. And I thought, that's amazing. Then she said, she, she doesn't want you to lock yourself out. She wants to know where the keys are. Where are her keys? So I went and looked under the mat. When I went up to Sarasota, I put them under the mat for the guy who caretaker. And they weren't there. So I, I walked over and I saw a set of master keys on a hook. I took them off the hook, put them in my pack, pocket, and walked out on the deck to finish the conversation. And she said, Marcia said, put the keys back on the hook. <laughs> you know, we weren't on a Zoom call, Loretta. I was I on a cell phone call. And it would just made me laugh and smile and say, okay, I'm not going to lock myself out. And I'm going to put the keys back. I'm going to do like I always did, which is listen to Aunt Marcia. You know, and I did. But that's just the validation that they, you know, the ones that you love, the love is so strong that they can connect if you do your part, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm smiling because, um, you know, people, people will say to me, um, <laughs> they'll say something like, 
you know, my dad loved ducks and he died and I saw all these ducks this morning. Do you think that's a message from my dad? <laughs> and I'll go, well, uh, what do you think? Right? Like, yeah. yeah, but it is this thing like you, you get all these validations. So in case you're having doubts, like, I don't know, after, after this amount of time of interacting with this, do you still have doubts? Do no, you, you know, I don't. I mean, it, I'll tell you a story. I, the first six months, you know, I had seen, I had called that wonderful medium, Nancy Myers, and she had told me things that were quite true. And, and I read about later on in the coroner's report about what the events of the day and what happened. Uh, and, and, and I, I, we made a couple of connections and, and like a good medium, she'll say, look, you know, this isn't a weekly thing. You know, it's like a good therapist. You've got to go get, live your life a little bit and then come back and, you know, we'll check in on Chris, but he's busy too, you know, you, you know, so, um, so after about six months, I really wanted to connect with somebody in person and she had moved to surprise Arizona. So I looked up on a website, turned out to be Bob Olson's website who, and he was rating uh, mediums according to your location. So this guy, Andrew Anderson came up. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go see, I make an appointment, give him your first name. Boom, you're done. Cell phone number. And, uh, and before I was going to go see him, I did two things. Um, the first was, uh, there's a right there is a leather bracelet Christopher gave me. Uh, and I hope he's mentioning it to you. He gave me when he, when we were in Disney world, when he was about five. And the second thing is I had just gotten in the mail from Amazon, some shamrock seats. Now, Sally didn't even know I got these seeds yet because, you know, we just hadn't connected about talking about it. But as I talk about in the first book, I moved them over one grave plot. You know, I was when the snow melted after we buried them on January 8th, 2016, and snow melted in the late spring. He was next to another couple, even though we bought six graves. I was livid. I, so I, I kicked, you know, I kicked the, the, the couple of doors and jumped up and down and wrote a check and we moved him over one grave and I'll occupy the grave he was in. Nobody else will be in that, but it's perfect. It's really, you know, spirit told me to do this and I did it. And, and, in a, in a, in a medium session, Chris laughed and said, that's so you dad, you know, but I'm really glad I did it. So this June day, June 30th, 2016, uh, the, 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 the dirt around his grave was loose. So I planted these shamrock seeds, which still come up to this day. And I went and saw Andrew Anderson. And I walked in and he said, your family celebrated something on the other side. What was that? And I said, well, Sally, my wedding anniversary the night before. And we, of course, didn't celebrate. We were still in grief. But she, he said, your family on the other side did. And I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. And then he said, and Chris validates, he wants to send you a validation that you're wearing the bracelet he gave you under a cuff. And he said, you planted something in his grave today. Now, that's the moment, and I think anybody that I'm talking to should think about this. That's the moment it went from believing to knowing. Yeah. I never look back, never look back. You know, the messages yeah. he gives me are oftentimes contrary to my feelings. You know, the first meeting I had with him, he told me I had to let go of a resentment about the young man whose parents owned the, the lake house. I didn't want to. I wanted to hold on to him. And uh, told me I had to let go of it. And I said, okay, for you. And I thought, when am I going to see this kid again? Flash forward 12 hours at the grave. 
I get a text from some of his friends. I show up. There's there's 35 kids there, including that boy, who I had already made peace with, with Christopher. So he was doing a very loving thing for his old man. He took what would have been an awkward moment and made it a very sensitive, loving one. You know, and I said to the kid, it's not your fault. It could have happened at my house. could have happened anywhere, you know. Yeah. And But I wasn't ready to let go of that. He told me to. You know, um, for those people listening who uh, may not be be clear about this, I, I, I want to just sort of very quickly, um, you know, J- Joe's journey from the death of his son to uh, working through with mediums to the point, Joe, where you connect directly with your son yourself and also this idea that all you got to do is cross the stream like he can't he can't cross the stream for you but I I want you to talk just a little bit about um you know you know when he's around you because you can feel him and and I also feel the departed you know they'll rub on me right and I, I want you to explain to the listening audience, what's the difference between that and when you're doing your spirit writing or, or whatever you call it? Well, that's, that's great. And, and the spirit writing is this, you know, it started on the first anniversary of his cross, January uh, uh, 3rd, 2017. And, and I was, I was in my office and, and I, t- this office used to be his bedroom. So it's a thin place, which I write about in the second book you know, where the veil is thinnest between two worlds. So I love this place. This was his bedroom. I know he's around. I feel him. I smell him. Um, I've occasionally only in meditation uh, seen him uh, mostly only twice in my dreams and, and I'm doing whatever I can, but you know, his, his second grade teacher used to say to him, you get what you get and you don't get upset, you know? So I've gotten all these gifts and if I get clairvoyance, you know, dang, that's a trifecta, you know. So on that day, I came in here. I, and and it, what happens, I get woken up at three o'clock in the morning when he wants to visit like this, when he has something to tell me. And I came in here and I aligned my chakras and I lit the sage and I lit the candles and I had pictures of him out around. And I did a guided meditation on the phone, which I just pick randomly, but there's some really good ones out there. And, and if you don't have a good one, then go to the next one, you know. And, and I felt him around and all of a sudden he started giving me downloads, some messages. And I just started, I happened to have a legal pad on my desk with a pen and I started writing and, and this has continued, you know, since January 3rd, 2017, that, you know, every, you know, at least twice a month, I'll get the nod that it's, it's time to meet and people go, Oh, how do you get up at three o'clock in the morning? I'm like, are you crazy to spend time with your kid? You're not going to get up with, you know, because you do, it takes a lot out of you. You're exhausted. You're emotionally spent. You then got to go to work. So what? Suck it up. You know, I got a message from him. This is funny. When my sister was transitioning in, in 2019 and, and, uh, I was, I, I went down to the, we, we really connect on, 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 uh, golf beaches at night, Chris and I. So I went down to Naples uh, Beach, one of the beaches, and parked my car and went down there, sat on the beach, lit a cigar. And he gave me a message. He says, go to, go to Siesta Key. And I'm thinking like, dude, you know, that's four hours round trip. I'm, I've got an 8 o'clock flight out in the morning. And I said, all right, I'm going to make you a deal, Chris. I'm going to look on my phone. And if Siesta Key's open, I'll go. And it's open up and dang, if it's at Siesta Key Beach, open 24 hours. 
I was like, oh, good. So I stopped at my sister's, grab a couple of cigars and some Red Bulls. I'm sorry about this, Avis, rent a car. And drive up there. And, you know, walked out, took my shoes off, walked out of there. It's amazing stars. I've been all over. I've been to Benny's home country of Alaska. I, you know, my, in, my in-laws live in, in, in the North Woods. I've been to Caribbean. I've, I've seen some most beautiful uh, stars. Are never as pretty as this. It's beautiful. And, and I just felt warm and full and complete and and in the he was in i was in his presence or he was around me and i could tell and and i got a text from a medium friend um, and, and sherry jewel who said chris is around you look at the stars i was already looking up at the stars it was like great message you're about 30 seconds late <laughs> you know but, but, <laughs> but talk about an affirmation and then you know, I got back to car, drove back, and 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 I know what what it was was he was with a buddy on the other side, and he poked him in the shoulder or in the elbow, elbow in the in, in his side, and said, "See, I told you my old man was showing up." And so I tell people all the time, when you get that message, do it, whatever it is, that's that higher calling. Pay attention to it. Don't yeah. talk yourself out of it, or you wouldn't have that magic moment that I had. You know, I tell parents. Would you travel four hours round trip to spend a half hour with your kid now? Of course you would. So just do it, man. Yeah. I I just love that so much. Um, because, yeah, we're, it's precious. The time is precious. Our kids are precious. And uh, I'm even thinking when you're talking, because I got kids, like, how many times do we go, oh, man, I'm just too tired. I can't do that. And it's like, you know, just suck it up, buttercup. Just do it, right? Do <laughs> you know, your part. That's a term I use all the time. It's funny. Even my my dog, <laughs> my dog is fourteen. My yellow lab, you know, and and Chris had mentioned that he's with there with Casey, our other lab, who made it to fifteen. That that she's transitioning already. She's getting ready to come. The new lab uh-huh. or the uh, or my fourteen year old Cassidy. But you know, uh, she's older, and so where where she used to just go outside and in the fenced in yard. Now she wants to go for a walk late at night. It like fills her day. So you know what? It, last night it was 28 degrees. It was cold. We, had, you know, and and I wanted to go to bed. But I look at this dog and I think this dog is, as you just said, precious. So off we went for a walk around the block. You know, how much? What, what skin off my nose to make something or somebody happy? Yeah. You know, a little bit of service goes a long way. And that's that's what I'm doing. It's I live my life two ways, two tenets, Loretta. One is, is, is to please my God. And the other is to make my son proud. Yeah. You know, I'm a different guy than I was prior to January 3rd, 2016. You know, do I look like a guy who would quote Haruki Murakami, but he said, <laughs> once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure. In fact, whether the storm is really over, but one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what storms are all about. And I'm not the same person that walked through that storm January 3rd, 2016. I'm grateful for that part. Yeah. Um, In your book, you touch a little bit on soulmates and twin flames. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know what? I had no idea. I mean, I, I thought soulmates was a hallmark thing. And I'm still... You know, we need people to understand that your love of your life doesn't necessarily make somebody your soulmate, right? It it doesn't. It makes that person your love of your life, right? Doesn't mean you've lived lives before. You know, 
Um, twin flames mean you share a soul. Now, I've been told by a medium or two that Chris and I are twin flames, that we share a soul. Now, I'm also, what I'm doing for the third book is working on past life regression. I want to know more because I'm confident. I've been told it. It makes sense that Christopher and I spent past lives together. That's why we were so comfortable. And then in a number of those lives, we were siblings, which makes sense why we were that easy to connect with, right? I was always the dad, always will be. But in past lives, I think we were siblings. So we could just be which is unusual in this age of constant activity. We, him and I could just be. And, and so um, I also big fan of soul families, right? So, you know, so they're my, my oldest friend in the world, Al Conrad, we met Bishop time in high school, 1971. Right. I, the minute I met, we became best friends. We've been friends all our lives. There is something there deeper than two knuckleheads at 14 meeting. <laughs> and we've had, you know, he's helped me through my, my alcoholism, I was there through his, through his wife's uh, transitioning. He was there for through Christopher's transition. He comes every year. We, I see him when I'm in Florida, and he comes up for the golf outing and stays with us, and, and I just adore the guy. So, but there's something deeper with just being best buds. You know what I mean? There's a connection there that goes back to another lifetime. There's some familiarity, and, and that's what happens. And soul family, I mean, Christopher has said, you know, he's with the entire family. I, I was doing a reading with Andrew Anderson. No, no, I was at a reading, a session, 100 people um, with Thomas John. And Thomas was, you know, naming all these, doing these amazing things, but it was all on the other side of the room. And Sally and I were up front, which is not a natural place for me to sit in any classroom in my life <laughs> was up front. And we were up front and he was on the other side. And he kept looking and kept saying, there's, there's a family and members keep showing up and there's a lot of them. And he said, frankly, they kind of scare me. And, and he laughed and Sally elbowed me and she said, you know, it's your family, right? I said, I got a pretty good idea. So then he looked over and he said, okay, I got to stop. I got to address this. Who's got a family who's patriarch? His name is Jerry, but it's not Gerald. It's another variation. And I raised my hand and I said, that's Jerry. He goes, what was his name? I said, Jeremiah. He said, okay. Then there's Billy, Pat, Bobby. Wait a minute. He said Bobby took his life in the 70s. And, and is that that brother? I said, yeah. And he said, then there's your son. Is that Christopher? I said, yeah. He goes, well, he's throwing bunny ears behind Pat's head. Did they? He used to tease Pat. I said, all the kids teased Aunt Pat. And, he, and so the whole family named every single one of them. And then he looked to me and said, who's Sarah? And I pointed to Sally. Her legal name is Sarah. I said, he goes, no, no, 100 years old, other side, Sarah. That's her grandmother. She was named after Sarah. And her name was also Sally. And, 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 and she said, well, she doesn't say much, but she's always with you, Sally. Just want you to know that. Now, this guy named five family members by name, you know? And, and, and so it, those are the, just the validations and the love. I'll tell you something he said to me. He said, all right, everybody's going back. He said, but Christopher's bringing a young kid through you know, Thomas or James, whatever the kid's name is. And his, and his, and his mom's name is Melissa. And he said, who lost the son, Melissa? And the son is shy. And it was within this year. And a woman said, you know, six months ago, I lost my son, you know, and named him and said he was very shy. He goes, well, Christopher's bringing him forward. And he, you got to thank Chris because he, he's shy. He wouldn't have come through on his own. But think about Christopher with his arm around and bringing him forward for you to talk to him. And that's the kind of kid Chris was, you know, on this side or the other. 
that is such a beautiful story and that that makes me cheer up again um but it it brings a, a point forward so when christopher christopher is well let me just put it this way sure. so he he's got something to do on the other side he does things yeah you know what they they have jobs you know right. they, you know you know he described he said dad your place your side your world is like football camp he said you know it's a lot of work a lot of toil a lot of sweat but it's fun and you love it and the camaraderie and the success and the competition he said it's wonderful but it's hard he said my house my place is like a beach bungalow in maui you know what a trade-up right so but he does have a job and his job is he was like a pied piper with kids kids just adored chris patient loving uh, and you gotta understand this kid was a party boy a good athlete you know but he was just so sweet tough as nails um and but he was just so sweet and so i'm told that he deals with young souls who transition over who are confused and, and scared and then he works with those those kids and that's his job you know and, and he continue you know everybody has a job over there and he continues to to do that i know that he's moved up in levels on the other side you know and he's talked about that and he's reassured me that that's not going to change our connection. You know, he said to me, think of it, Dad, it was like me either calling you from Arizona or Los Angeles. It doesn't matter. You know, the connection is still as clear, you know, so that that reinforced to me that um, as he progresses and helps others, I'm not going to lose connection with my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, because I actually was, um, you know, like. I was going to ask you about that because he feels different to me today than yeah. three years ago. I'm like something has shifted uh, more of a presence or a maturity or something. Yeah, he's so, an old yeah. soul. I think he's he grown. He's grown mm -hmm. into his soul is what I think is happening. And, and he's benefiting a lot of people, including your audience. None of this happens without him. So what do you, we've got like a minute. What do you sure. really want people to get from the book? And, where can they find it? Go get it now. Okay, yeah, get it. <laughs> Both books are on Amazon. I have a, a, a website that's joemcquillan.net. Um, if you want to reach out to me, my email is jbmcquillan at gmail.com. And what I want you to get from the book is that when an event takes a love from, from this side, it doesn't mean they're gone. You know, but it does mean you've got to do a little work, a little research. You know, copy some people that have done it ahead of you. Nothing that I do is original, right? Everything I do, I've grabbed from somebody else. You know, on my website, I publish the, the steps I take before I, I connect with Chris. Try it, adjust it, move it around, you know? But most of them are tried and true that I've taken from somebody else and it works, right? Yeah. And if it, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. Joe, thank you so much. How, what a joy and delight and blessing to talk to you and everybody out there. We're not done yet, Pop. Joe McQuillan, go get it. Yeah, you'll be glad. Go in, Chris McQuillan. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And Christopher, thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Christopher. Love you.